Thank you, Guara. Good morning. Good morning, church. Good morning to those that are watching by um, um, online. Uh, yeah, praise the Lord. I'm excited. Are you excited? Are you happy? Who's happy here? Praise God. Amen. I'm happy. Thank you, Jesus. God never changes, right? Praise the Lord. Okay, so this month of September, we were talking about relationships. Yeah? <laughs> Praise God. We love to shout in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I've heard someone said that um, your physical obedience result into a spiritual release. Physical obedience. So everything that we do for God, like um, especially when we worship, you know, it's, it's all in the book anyway. Um, you know, when, when the song leader asks you to, to lift your hands, shout, or scream, or jump, or dance, it's not his own words. It's from the Bible. So it's, um, if we believe that God, like when God uh, commanded us to bless him, honor him with our first fruits, isn't that also a command? To, to sing songs, to shout to the Lord. That's a command. So if we are giving our tithes and offering or if we are serving the Lord because out of a command from the book, from the Bible, then it's also a command. And when we physically uh, obey God like with, our, you know, with our actions, lifting hands, screaming, shouting, praising the Lord, using our mouth, you know, your mouth is a, is a weapon against the enemy. Okay? Yeah, you don't wait for the enemy to attack you. Speak the word of God and command whatever is against you. Command it with the word of God. Amen. So it's very important for us to know the word of God so that we can have our words, our, the words of our mouth be in line with what God says. Amen. This is why you, are, you come here on Sunday is not just to fellowship with one another, but also to, to, to hear what God has what God says about you, what God says about your situation, what God says about what uh, you are facing and what you are about to face. Everything is in the Bible. God's book, the Bible, is God's instruction for us. God's, God, the Bible is God's manual for us. Amen? I've heard Miles Monroe says that, you know, what's the first thing you look at or what's, the first, what's included in a, if, you, if you buy an iPhone, a new iPhone, What's included with your iPhone aside from the gadgets? It, ha it comes with a manual, right? And I know I'm one person that don't read manual. <laughs> to me, like, it's, it's a waste of time. I'll just jump into it, you know? But my mistake is I'll jump into using the phone without knowing everything that is instructed in the manual. And when I, then I will encounter a problem or I will not be able to use the full access, the whole, like, you know, I, I'm not able to use the full um, benefit of the phone because I didn't look at the manual. And this is what happened to us. We don't look at the Bible as our manual for our life, and then we mess around our lives. Yeah, but God from the beginning has given us his word. So whoever listens to him, whoever look at his word, he, we will be guided by his word and we will not be harmed. We will not be 
going, we will not be led into a place of destruction. The Lord leads us. Amen. So even in relationship, God cares for our relationship. And God is not only, um, he's not only, uh, does not only want to prosper you spiritually, but he also wants to prosper every aspect of your life. And one of that is relationship. And I believe as Christian, um, we need to understand and know um, the, the, what the word of God says about how we can prosper in our relationship, not, not just with our husband or wife, but also to other people. Your relationship with your workmate, your relationship with your friends, your relationship with your sisters, brothers, everyone. Amen. And last time I shared about um, communication, relationship between husband and wife. But, um, and that's a long, actually, I, think, I believe one month is not enough to just teach you about relationship. Um, uh, but uh, we, we have endeavored to give you whatever we, we feel that we, we believe that we needed to hear, every one of us. So, praise God. God is um, concerned. And God is very much uh, wanting to get involved with our lives. Amen. And would we give him the opportunity to move into our lives in our relationship. Amen. Can we have this uh, confession? And I will say it and say it after me. The will of God. The plan of God for my marriage. The plan of God for my family and my relationship. Is that I would enjoy life and have it in abundance. Thank you, Lord, that the plan you have for me and my family and my other relationships is peace, joy, love in the Holy Spirit. And you are committed to see this happen every day in my life and in my relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. One of the stories that I really love and I really like is the story of the woman in the well, the Samaritan woman. Okay, so I'm just going to start, jump into it. I love this because it just relates to my life and what, has, what God has done in my life. So I will read it from John chapter 4, verse 5 to 18. It's a long story, but I will read it. So he came to a city of Samaria, referring to Jesus, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritan. So remember, during that time, Samaritans and Jews doesn't get along with. Okay, Samar um, Jews hates Samaritans, and Samaritans doesn't deal with Jews because they know how they hate each other. So this is the this is the story, and verse um, verse ten. Jesus answered and said to her, "If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. 
The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water, water, I'm tempted, I'm tempted to say water, okay, but whoever drinks of that water that I shall never give him, never thirst, but the water, water, sorry, I'm Filipino, I'm Australian Filipino, so it's water, that water shall I give him, be, <laughs> water, will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life, hallelujah. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. Verse 17, The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. Amen. So we see here a story about this Samaritan woman who is drawing water from the well in an awkward time. Where Why? Because he, she is an outcast. During that time, if you are a woman that has been divorced for so many times, and this woman has been a divorcee five times. So she was a five-time loser in marriage. But Jesus loved her, and Jesus came to minister to her for the real source of her problems and why she was failing in relationships. So she went to draw water where there is no one. There should be, if, if that is a well with, with water, could it, she, shouldn't be people, women should be there. But that time, she knew that there will be no one there because she is an outcast. She doesn't wanna. People will not doesn't wanna be uh, um, associated with her because she is a div divorcee. She's an adulteress. And um, and and what Jesus said to her is the most important thing that any of us will ever hear about relationships because he chose a well as the backdrop of everything he has to say. To her, and as I said, the woman was a social outcast. No woman will go to to the well by herself for many reasons, for physical reasons, for safety reasons, for other reasons. But she went there because no one wants to talk to her. But imagine, Jesus has to change her way. Bible says he came to a city of Samaria. He does not need to go to that place, but he knows. That there is someone there that would need to hear and be ministered by spirit. Amen. That's good, eh? Yeah? Do you think God doesn't know what you're going through? Do you think God doesn't care what you're going through? Look, this woman is an outcast. If she's, find to be, if she's found to be with people, she will be stoned to death. If she's found to be socializing, or even like Samaritans and Jews, they don't mix together. But she came along. That's a divine appointment. And God knows that she will be there, right? So she was considered to be an adulteress. She was considered to be a five-time divorcee. And she had the lowest possible status in society. 
Amen? And here's what we can learn about relationship from this encounter of Jesus with this Samaritan woman. Our most important relational needs can only be met by God. They cannot be met by any person. This is the reason why this woman is failing with her relationship. Because she has been trusting men. She has been trusting people. She has been putting her trust on people, demanding them to meet her deepest need, and yet she is lacking what is really going to complete her as a woman. Amen? And you know, we are all like this woman. You, you probably heard, I've heard this a lot of time from evangelistic uh, preaching where they say you, have, you were created by God with emptiness in your heart and the only one that can feel it is Jesus. And that's true. As long as we look at people, that can, who, who, at people to meet our needs, then we will fail. We will be frustrated. We will be discouraged because we were never created to be filled and be uh, completed and be you know, satisfied by another human being. Amen? God is the one that will meet our deepest needs in life. And people cannot simply do that. Amen? Jesus says, Jesus never says to the woman that, you know what, you're a divorcee, you're a loser, and your problem is our men. You, always, you are always unlucky with men, poor you. And how many times we also, when we fail with our relationship, we say, I, I've just been unlucky finding a, a wrong husband. I've just been unlucky having, a wrong having the wrong friends. But this is not how Jesus deals with this issue with this woman that is wanting to be completed in her life. Okay, so what he says to this woman, he said, hey lady, you are digging and you have been drinking from the wrong well. Remember, she's going for, it's physically water, but it, this, is a spiritual, this is a spiritual lesson we all need to learn. So he's saying, girl, I don't know if Jesus said that, but he said, girl, woman, you have been digging and drinking from the wrong well. You're expecting people for you what they simply cannot do. Because you know what? When God created Adam and Eve, it was never God's design that they would live without him. It's God's intention that they are to live with God. It should be Adam, Eve, and God. But because they have rebelled against God, they ended up living for themselves only, for both of them. So what happened? They were leading in, living a life of destruction. Right? They were not happy. Peace is not there. Joy is not there. Because God intended for us to be at the center of for him to be at the center of every human relationships for all eternity. Amen. God intended us to live with someone. God intended us to live with him. To relate with him. To include him in every relationship we had. Even like in marriage. Right? I, I'm, I'm married to Larry. But between us is God. And that proved that we have a healthy, good um, blessed marriage, right? Did we have problems? Yes, we do. But God is, because God is in the center of our relationship, it's always been easy for us to go through life as married people because God is with us and God has been the center of our relationship. Amen? So only God can meet your deepest needs. 
You know, when we wake up every single day, there are four deep, deep needs that we are all trying to get met. And we are either going to try to get these needs met by people or by God. And what are, the men, what are men's four deepest needs? It's acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. Deepest needs. I'm not saying men cannot meet your needs. But what I'm saying is only God can meet your deepest needs. And our deepest needs as men is acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. Acceptance. I want to be accepted not because I smell nice or I dress well. I want to be accepted for who I am. Yeah? I want to be accepted not only on my good days, but only also on my bad days. I want to be accepted even if I am not doing well. I want to be accepted even if I fail. And that is what we are looking for, acceptance. Whoever we are, whatever we do, we are being accepted. And men doesn't respond that way. Especially the world. The world's way or, or, or um, explanation or identification of acceptance is, I will accept you if you are acceptable. I will accept you if you, if you dress well. I will accept you if you smell nice. If you don't smell nice, you're unacceptable. If you are not in my list of qualification, then you are not acceptable, right? And there's only one person that can be trusted to do that. There's only one person that we can trust to accept us no matter who we are, no matter what we have done, no matter what past we had, no matter how messed up our life is, and that is the only, the only person that can do that to us is our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because people simply cannot be trusted to always love us and accept us because they are people. People does not have the capacity and the ability to love you whoever, whatever you are. The world's love is de definitely different from the, the love of God. I've shared with you about agape love. Right? Agape love accepts you whoever... God loved, loved you. God accepted you even before you believed on him. You know that. It's from the Bible, right? He said we, he loves us even while we were yet, what? Good? Yeah, the Bible didn't say he accepted you because you are worthy. He, he accepted you because you are so nice. He accepted you because you, you smell nice. You, you wear the right perfume. You live in the right suburb. You have a good income. God didn't say that, right? God loved you and accepted you the way you are. Amen. Amen. And Hebrews 13:5 says, God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You know, the word leave there means physical. He will not leave you physically. And the word forsake there means emotional. God will not leave you emotionally. Right? You can forsake a person that sits next to you physically. And you can, uh, you, can, you, they can, you can stay with them physically, but you can forsake them emotionally. Right? You can forsake them emotionally. Your heart is far away from them. You can be seated with someone, but they, you're physically close to them, but your, your heart is far away from them. But God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Even on your worst day, God still loves you. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
Even on your worst day. Even on your worst day. Even on your worst day, God loves you. Nothing that you will do will, will make God love you more. And nothing that you will not do will make God love you less. God loves you. And that's definite. Amen. Praise the Lord. Number two need is identity. Who doesn't want to feel like you're someone special? Who doesn't want to feel like you're someone special? Who is the first person you look at in a photo? Yourself. Right? Yeah? Because you want to feel special. You want to make sure you had the right smile, you had the right <laughs> pose. Yeah? Yeah? Tell me, who look at the photo, the first thing you look at is people around you. No, the first person is you. Right? Yeah? You want to you wanna check. You have the right smile. You want the hair is rightly done. And if it's not nice, delete it. Take another photo. Selfie. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> because we want to always make, we want to feel special. Who doesn't want to make feel special? We don't. We all want. We all want, especially on our birthday, we want to feel special on our birthday. We want to be spoiled, yeah? <laughs> we want to feel special, but, you know, and we want to feel significant. We want to be, I'm significant. I am counted. I, I am important. People, I want people to miss me. <laughs> I, I, I want people looking for me. When I'm not there, they will look for me. I'm special, uh, Yeah? But you know that you, when you were made, when you were on your mother's womb, God named you. The name that you have now is not really the name that you have in heaven. In Revelation says that he's, he's given you your name, right? When you were on your mother's womb. And the name that you have now is not your real name. You have your identity that only God knows. No human being knows who you really are but God. They can tell you who you will be or you who you must be, but they cannot really tell you what God has talked about you. You know, I, I, I always have this picture that before my mom and dad decided to have me, God is already, you know, figuring out how I'm going to come out. I will have black hair. I will have black eyes. I will, you know, because I am special to him. Amen. So when you were in your mother's womb, God named you and gave you a purpose. Amen. Psalms 139, I like this. 13 to 16. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. So don't be upset if that woman has something you don't have. This world is so, is so vain. Right? I'm not happy with my lips. I'm not happy with my eyes. I'm not happy with my, my uh, eyebrows. I'm not happy with my hair. I have to change everything to look like someone else. But that's not how God created you. God created you beautiful. Amen? Amen. Yeah? I, I, find, I find that a lot of uh, born-again believers, Christian, this is what they are finding it hard to believe who they are in Christ. But the moment you have a revelation of who you are, not other people, not what other people says. You know, uh, like, yeah, I always encourage my daughter, you're beautiful, my daughter. And she, you, no, you're, you're just my mom. That's why you tell me that. 
then I have to pray. You have to have your own revelation of who you are, that you are beautiful. You're not beautiful because you have a perfectly shaped eyebrow. You're not beautiful because you have the longest eyelashes. You're not beautiful because you have a, a lips like Angelina Jolie. You're beautiful because you are beautiful. You're beautiful because you are created by God. And the Bible says that you were created according to His image. And don't you think God is beautiful? God is a beautiful God. Praise the Lord. And that's why you have confidence as a woman that you can, you know, no matter with or without makeup, with or without hair color, you know, colored hair, you're beautiful because already God said that. Psalms 139, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body, hidden and unhidden. It's all been made by God. Right? And he, need, he needed me together in my mother's womb. It's God who created you. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. <laughs> Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. We are complex individuals. But praise the Lord. God understands us. And God accepts us. And God receives us. Amen. When you're in your mood, good moods, bad moods, PMS or whatever, you know, you're still being accepted because you're a complex individual. Amen. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watch me as I, I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Technology today shows you, you know, like the Gab's um, ultrasound, shows us a shape of his face, you know, that nose, but not everything. But this word, it says that, God does not need te technology to see us. He saw us before we were born. <laughs> Praise God. Right? He sees us. And when he saw you, he rejoiced. <laughs> Praise God. He was happy. He was, he was rejoicing because another creation of his is coming to earth. That's how special you are, guys, to God. Praise God, you have, to, you have to value it because, you know, uh, even if people um, um, rejected you, even people uh, despised you because of how you look, because of how uh, status of your life or your past or your situation, doesn't matter. You're a born-again believer. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. Amen. And this is why it gives me confidence whenever I stand up with to peep, uh, in front of people because I'm not ugly. You don't need to agree. <laughs> I'm Because I'm beautiful. I'm a child of God. Amen. I am the confidence, not with myself, but I have the confidence that God gives me because I know him and he knows me. He knows my name. He gave me his name. I am an heir. Amen. I am an heir. Not just the, the blessings of Abraham, but the blessings of Christ. Everything is mine. Amen. Everything that God has in heaven is all for me. In Jesus' name. So no one can really tell me, and it's really not, it's not going to matter, even if they tell me that I am worthless, I, that doesn't work anymore. Used to. Used to. It used to work. Right? Because I realized then that I am trying to please people. I am trying to 
um, demand from people that they have to accept me. Then God has to make me realize, hey, are you a Christian? Are you a born-again believer? Are you my child? Do you have my Holy Spirit in you? Then you don't need to look for people to accept you because I have accepted you. I have given you my identity. Every day of my life was recorded in his book. He makes a journal of my life. And he approves it. Amen? We put emoji, heart, clap, 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 fire, fire, fire. I believe with mine is all love, love, love. Yeah, love, 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 and a jumping. <laughs> because he's so happy. Amen? Praise God. This is why I rejoice and I really enjoy my relationship with God because it's, not, it's never a boring day when you understand who you are in Christ. Right? Amen? Praise the Lord. Uh, just recently, the devil was taunting me in my mind that you're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die. I, you're old, you're old, you're old. You're this sick, and you're da-da-da-da. And I said, okay, look who's talking. Right? Okay, look who's talking. You're confronting me with this word. Let me see, where are you? You're under my feet. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, anyway. And Romans 8:17 it says, Since we are his children, we are heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Amen? Yeah? You know how we say, I am Abraham's uh, seed, and whatever Abraham has, it's mine. Okay, can I tell you something? It's not only Abraham's blessing you have, it's also Christ's blessing you have. Okay, so Abraham may be there, here, and God's here. Okay, so we, we, we like God's. Amen? But we are to share his glory. We must also share his suffering. So number three deepest need of men is security. Security. Yeah? Who does not secure your car? Who does not have insurance with your car? Who does not have life insurance or house insurance? We want security. We want to make sure. In this troubled world, yeah, every day, like what happened, COVID-19, I think one of the businesses that really gone up are insurance. <laughs> want to make sure. Want to make sure. <laughs> yeah. Want to make sure. I'm insured. Security. We want to be secured. Yeah. Who does not want to be secured? No one. We want security. We live in a troubled world. We, ha we hear earthquakes, disasters here and there. And we think about security, physical security, financial security. But you know what? I don't know what is going to happen next. But I know this. My God holds the universe in the palm of his hands and he can handle it. Amen. Amen. He can handle it. You, he can handle you. <laughs> he can handle your issues. He can handle your problems. So why worry? Be happy. Smile. Smile, Ted. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. It's a blessing when you see people smiling. Amen. With or without mask, we can see, I can see you're smiling. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If there's a happy place, it should be the church. <laughs> if there's a happy place, it should be the church. Amen. Yeah, we're not holding funerals here. <laughs> we are not holding funerals. Yeah? So smile. Very well. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Because he lived, I can face tomorrow. Because he lived, I can face 
tomorrow because he's the one. He is the only one that says, I am the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he's the only God that was raised from the dead. So he has the power to secure your future. Amen. What, I, what a blessing to serve a living God. What a blessing to know that our God is alive. He is not dead. He is not sleeping. He's not on holidays. He is always awake, watching, looking for you, protecting you, preserving you. Amen. And if, uh, if we are going to look for government to make us feel secure or people to make us feel secure, then I will be living, we will be living a life that is unsecured with a fearful life. We will be always afraid because the systems of the world will always go up and down, right? Um, government will always have this up and down with the economy. So if we are relying on government as a security uh, people for security, then we will be living a fearful, unsecured life because these things will change. And God is the only one that says, I change not. I change not. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega, the beginning and the end. You're still going to your end. God has already know your end. Right? And he secured you. And he's protecting you. So if, if my security is in God, the one who holds the future, he holds the keys to death and life. He, he, he holds the keys to death and hell. And he holds everything. He knows everything. He knows the future. And he can make me feel secured. Amen. I don't look at men for security. I look at God for my security because my God is the God of all. Amen. Psalms 46 verse 1 says, God is my refuge and my strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Ever-present help in times of trouble. He's never delayed. So if you're thinking, well, I have prayers that until now I haven't received answers. Your, delay, your, your delays does not mean denial. Your delays does not mean denial. God is not denying you of answers. We just need to be persistent. You just need to release your faith in Jesus' name. Amen. How do you receive gifts? How do you receive something that's coming from someone else that's free? You receive it with open arms. You receive it with gladness. If someone comes to your birthday party, Christmas, or whatever occasion it is, knock on your door with a big box of present and say, this is for you. Would you run away? Would you close the door? Would you say, no, that's not for me. You made a mistake. Would you frown and cry and be sad? Or would you be so happy to open both doors and even offer them to come in and grab the box and open it straight away? Just like Guada said, kids, $1 worth of toys. They grab it. They love it. They will even show it to his, to the, they will even bring it to their school tomorrow and show it to everyone. They will even put it in, if, if they're in, if they have their mobile, they will even tell everyone that I have this toy. That's kids. That's kids. And I like that. We have been too ad adult when it comes to God, even when it comes to receiving from God. And that's the reason why God is saying, hey, like, you know, you don't want to end up in heaven and find out a room full of stuff because you never receive them. And God says, well, you have your name here. 
and it's all for you, but you never receive them. You always ask, but you, are ne you never receive it. And how do you receive? Receive it with open arms. If I come here with a one million check, you will be running towards me with an open arm because you can see it, right? But faith believes on things that you do not see as if they are there. And then you receive it. If faith receives it without seeing it, and then when you receive it without seeing it, then it materializes in the natural. But the devil wants us to think that I have to see it first before I believe it. No, believe it before you see it. Believe it before you see it. Amen. Believe it before you see it. Lord, I want to be refreshed. Believe that you are refreshed now. And act upon it. Smile. Number four, purpose. Purpose. Amen. There was a book that was, became very, very um, popular. Requirements book. God, what's that? Purpose Driven Life. And do you know that it became number one best-selling New York, uh, New York number one best-selling book? That even the world, people from the world bought that book. Thus it tells us something. People are needing to know what their purpose is. And if you don't know your purpose in life, why you are here, why you existed, then you will live a life that is, you know, you, you just want to end your life because there's no purpose. Right? Knowing your purpose, especially your purpose in God, tells you, why should I wake up again tomorrow? Yeah? Not only on Mondays. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah? People, will, people very, are very happy on Fridays. At my workplace, they jump up and down. Yay, it's Friday. Yay, it's Friday, right? Monday. Because their purpose in life is just to work. And if your purpose in life is just to work and your work is stopped, then you don't have money, then you have no reason to live because your only purpose is work. So when that's something that you live for is taken off from you, then you don't have any purpose to live anymore, right? Yeah? That's the reason why God is saying your deepest need, one of your deepest need is purpose. You have to know your purpose. Why, are you, why do you wake up every morning? Because some people can't find the reason and they become depressed. They become depressed, they become suicidal, suicidal. And I don't know, they say, I don't know why should I go on? I don't know why should I leave? Right? If my reason to leave is to just make money and I lose my money and I lose my job, then I lose the reason for me to leave. If that is the only reason, what a pathetic, empty life you have if your only reason to live is to work. Yeah? And uh, seriously, we, we, we give most of our time working eight hours a day. Sometimes some people, they work 12 hours, 16 hours. <laughs> but... Do you lose joy working 16 hours, 18 hours, Pastor Rod? No, because that is not your purpose to live. He's not, he's not dragging his feet to go to work because that is not his purpose to live. His purpose is to establish the kingdom even in his workplace. 
So when you know that your purpose to live is for Christ and to give glory to him and to establish his kingdom, to let people know about this God that changed your life, transformed your life, then you have reason, every reason, every morning to get up. Whether your boss is upset with you, whether you don't like your boss, you don't like your workplace, you don't like this, you don't like that, you have that inspiration, you have that motivation to get up every morning because your purpose to live is not because of money, it's not because um, money to pay my bills, but because God has placed me in this workplace. God has called me to do this so he can use me for his purpose, for his glory. Amen? And I was created by the most high God, and I am his child, and I'm, I'm part of his army. I don't live just to make money, just to spend it, but I live to make an eternal difference in this world and in the lives of precious human beings. That's my purpose. And when God showed me my purpose, I live my life every single day with purpose every single day, with, with enthusiasm, though I would say that there, are no cha- that, that there are no challenges. There are challenges, but those challenges does not mean anything because my focus is to fulfill God's call in my life and purpose in my life. And the same with you guys. You're not here just to work eight hours, 12 hours, or, you know, every day to find a good job, to pay your bills, uh, to, to, uh, to send your uh, kids to school. You're here because God has a purpose for your life. And your purpose, you may not understand it now. You may not see it now, but it's a big purpose. Amen. He could have called. He called. In fact, he already called a lot, thousands of people to respond to his call. But here you are, you responded to his call. And you say, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. And I'm telling you from the last 30 plus years of my life that I've been saved, I never regret serving the Lord. I never regret saying yes to him because he has been a great delight in my life. Amen. He has been my security. He has been my protector. He has, I have been identified with him. That no weapon formed against me. No condemnation. No guilt. No bringing my past. No way. I'm no longer that. I am a new creation in Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live, I live it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the difference, guys. That's the difference between you and those people that they claim and profess that they are Christian and still live a defeated life. That's the difference because you know who you are in Christ. You know that you are accepted, that you are beloved, that you are received into the kingdom of God. You know and you know that you will never be defeated because God has already called you into victory. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Makes you jump. Makes you shout. Makes you dance. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I told my daughter I used to go to disco houses. And she said, what's disco houses? Then I realized, no, you don't know disco houses now. It's clubs. Yeah, I used to be going to disco and there where I find my, my completion, I find my satisfaction. I, 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 I look for people to satisfy me. I look for people to complete me. I look for people to, to, to you know, accept me. But all of that brought heartache. All of that brought 
brokenness. All of that brought all this uh, unworthiness in my life because I have demanded from people something that God can, that only God can give me. No one, no person, even my husband, he's a good husband, but he cannot meet my deepest needs. My deepest needs can only be met by God. Amen. Acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. It is the operating system of our life, and we are being driven every single day to get those needs met. So was the woman at the well. He, she was looking. That's why she got married five times. She's looking for every man, every husband to meet her needs, to meet her needs, satisfy me, complete me. And do you know what? Until you are made whole and you're looking for another person to make you whole, you ended up getting married, you will end up hating each other because you will be demanding something from this person that is not made whole. He, he, if I married um, Larry at wrong season and he's not, mat I'm not saying matured spiritually, he was younger spiritually to me when we got married, but he, he grabbed hold of the teaching about married life, right? When Pastor Paul gave him how many videos? Guys, we have videos. We still have videos. We still have tapes. I still have Walkman. Anyone wants a Walkman? I still have that, right? And I still have uh, cassette tapes. Right? That's where we started. And he grabbed hold of those videos and he watched it from the time we were announced that we are engaged to the time that we are getting married. He, he grabbed it. He just listened to it every day. And you know what? He, he, because he believed that this is, this is what's God's instruction for me to be a married man. And when we got married, um, yeah, he, he, he just understood how to be a good husband. To me and he always say I'm a gardener and whatever I sow to you that's what I'm going to reap and he's been a good gardener right he's good gardener he knows his stuff and his stuff I leave it alone right I, I don't I don't go to his boundaries is sometimes we women we want to control men right with our emotions yeah if you don't do that I'm not coming with you right uh, yeah don't do that, okay? Respect. That's the only thing men are looking for. Respect. Uh, respect. And then husband, love your wives. Yes. <laughs> Whew. Praise God. Love your uh, wives. Okay. So, Jesus said to the woman in John, it's really hard. <laughs> Is this the anointing? <laughs> oil. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus said to the woman in John chapter 4 verse 10, because this woman is looking for, for happiness, for joy, for peace. Yeah? Jesus said, if you only knew the gift of God, the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water and you will never be thirsty again. Sorry, I'm just really hot. <laughs> yeah, please. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Okay, so... Okay. Praise Him. You know why this story is so special to me? Because um, I remember the first time that God uh, gave me the opportunity to, um, to minister to women in Melbourne. 
wow, that like every one of them was set free by God from, from this um, low self-esteem, uh, this no identity. Um, people, these women that are looking for their husband, looking for people around them, loved ones, to complete them. And I said, no, um, because I had a revelation that God loves me. When I, I was saved because God loves me. Uh, that's my revelation. And he accepted me and he loved me. And he's not going to change his mind about me, even if I miss going to church, even if I don't read the Bible all the time, even if I, you know, even if I change my mind about him, he's not going to change his mind about me. Because it's his word. He's not going to run and, and, and be irresponsible with his word. He, his word says, I created you according to my image. And I love you with an everlasting love. So, yeah, so those women were crying, crying because of all these wounds in their, in their soul that has been brought by their past. Um, uh, one woman there, she came up to me and she said, how did you know me? And I said, I don't know you. I'm from Sydney. I was just asked to speak here in Melbourne. And I didn't even know I'm going to speak to you guys. Uh, I was told I will be preaching on Sunday. But that Friday night, Saturday night, we, were, we came to Melbourne. And they brought us straight to the women's group. What a surprise. But, you know, you will never run out of words to say when you are so full of the river of life. And that's what we need. And this, this woman, what, what she was looking for was to, to, dwell, to, to um, uh, dig deep into that well and, and to find water that will satisfy her just for a moment, just for a single day. But God, what is, God is offering us is a living water. And he said that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Amen. And, and, and God does not only meet our deepest needs, but he also empowers us to love God. Amen. Galatians 5, 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such thing, there is no law. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit is when God is in our lives. We cannot manufacture the fruits of the Spirit. Holy Spirit has to be in us. Holy Spirit has to be so real in us that these fruits of the Spirit will just come out. Amen. Have you ever, um, you know, you, you know, you know, you will notice that the moment you got saved, you don't change straight away. You don't change overnight, right? You, you, you got saved today, you expect to be different tomorrow? No, not really. But as you go along with reading the Bible, uh, fellowshipping with believers, in, um, uh, slowly, as a process, you will see change. You will see change. You start you start to love people. You start to uh, forgive people. You start to be ha you know, joyful. You start to be satisfied. Even if you don't have money in your pocket, you are happy. You are thankful. You change happen it starts to happen inside of you. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. And then sometimes you won't even recognize it or acknowledge it. But people will see in your life that you are so full of joy. Why are you always laughing? It's like Larry. Always laughing. Right? Even in his sleep. Do you know even in his sleep he's, he's, he's smiling? <laughs> he's smiling. That's true. I'm not kidding you. 
He is smiling. I don't know. He was born with that smile. But anyway, yeah. So you become, you have self-control. You want to be upset, but then the Holy Spirit will pull you back and say, oh, 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 oops. <laughs> you know, that I used to swear. I used to swear because I was hanging out with friends that are swearing. So want to be in with the group? I swear. Yeah, girl. Come on, girl. Right? Cool. Yeah. But then Holy Spirit came in and he said, hey, change your language. Right? Change that. You're not swearing anymore. So, okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Amen. So, he empowers us. He does not only meet our deepest needs, but he also empowers us to love people. He gives us joy. He gives us love. Because you cannot have joy. You can have joy, joy that is coming from God, even during the troubled times. Right? He gives you peace. If you are not a peaceful person, you're always troubled. Person, you always bring trouble. Yeah, if you are always a troubled person, you will bring trouble. Because what you have is what you're going to give. But if you have peace, that's what you're going to bring, peace. If you have love, that's what you're going to have, love. Amen? If you have joy, I've got joy in my heart. I've got joy in my heart. We have this song in Sunday school, I've got joy, 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 joy. Down in my heart. Where? Down in, down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. <laughs> Woo, praise God. So when the devil tempts you to be unhappy, when the devil tempts you to be upset with your husband or your wife, sing that song. I've got that joy, 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 joy. I've got that faith, faith, faith. I've got that joy, joy, joy. Amen. Praise the Lord. God gives us peace so that we can be peacemakers. Amen. We become peacemakers. Because, you know, our emotions are like an engine that are designed to operate with the oil of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. And when the Holy Spirit is flowing through us, you can just do anything relationally successfully. Amen. It's like, it's like how your petrol, your car has, needs petrol. Your car will not run without oil. In, not petrol, oil. Right? You have to, you have to make, maintain your car with oil. If it's not, it doesn't have oil, what happens? It stops. So this is why we need the oil of the Holy Spirit. Why? Just watch. If you don't pray enough, read enough the Bible, fellowship enough with Christian, you easily get upset. You're very, you're, you're, you're easily get irritated. Am I correct? Am I correct? Oh, something's happening here. Right? I don't want to be around you. Right? Yeah? Because you've been robbing. You've been using your oil too much and you never refill your oil. Holy Spirit, fill with the oil. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Walk in love. The Bible says, walk in the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit because you are children of God. Those are the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. I know this, that's over 12 o'clock now. So, I'll just read this. 
Galatians 5, 16, 23. That's before Galatians 5, uh, the, the fruits of the Spirit. Paul says, I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Who are you? Are, who are you? Who is the real you? You are a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. So the real you is the spirit, right? So the real you is the spirit. It's not subjected to the laws of the natural, right? Yeah? So it says here, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You're still alive. You still have your flesh here. You're living in the flesh. And whether you like it or not, you have desires of your flesh. Right? You have desired to eat. You have desired to watch a movie. You have desired to watch something else. You have desired to drink Coke. <laughs> you have desired to cut that fasting and just let's eat. I'm shaking. I cannot last one hour. Because that's in your mind. It's your flesh telling you that you are shaking now. You're going to die. You're going to die. Do you know that no one dies from fasting? But people, because we listen to the flesh and our soul, that we cannot, we cannot last a day with fasting, without food, we listen to it, right? But it says here, walk by the Spirit so you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Does your flesh have desires? Yes. Yes, definitely. It's cold, I'm staying in bed, I'm not going to church. It's cold, it's raining, I'm not going to prayer meeting. Hello. Pastor Chris. And it says here that what the spirit wants is always contrary to what the flesh wants. They are always at war. Spirit and flesh are always at war. That's the reason why you need to feed your spirit more than your flesh. And this is the reason why we fast. So that our spirit will be more stronger than our flesh. Hello. I know there are some people here that doesn't believe in fasting. I know that there are people that doesn't believe in corporate prayer. But do you know that you are here because someone prayed for you? You were saved because someone prayed for you. So if you don't pray for your loved ones, they're going to hell. If you expect other people to pray for your loved ones on your behalf, they are going to hell. You need to pray for them. You need to ask God for them. You need to ask God that they will be saved from hell. And regardless of who he's going to use, he might not use you to lead them to the Lord. He, might, he will use other people, but you are praying. And this is the reason why we are inviting you to come and join us pray. Church, we need to pray. This is the last of the last. We cannot be ignorant. The Bible says that my people perish because of ignorance. We are not ignorant in this church. We are not. We know the word and we do the word because we are people of faith. If I say I believe God answers my prayer, then I will be there to pray. If I say that God is my provider, then I will be there to give. Right? Logic. Right? What I believe, I do. What I believe, I do. The Bible is not for me just to read. The Bible is not for me just to memorize. The Bible is for me to act. Amen. So there are only two choices you have. To walk by the Spirit or to walk by the flesh. 
And walking by the flesh simply means you are doing it on your own ability and power. Remember, flesh despises the spirit, but the spirit wants to overcome the, the flesh to empower our lives. We make the decision. Every single one of us has the ability to make that decision to either allow our flesh or the Holy Spirit to control our lives. Who controls your life? Your flesh, your emotions, or the Holy Spirit? If we don't allow the Holy Spirit to control us, then we are going to have sexual problems. We are going to have spiritual problems. We are going to have relational problems. We are going to have emotional problems and behavioral problems. Because we don't, don't just think that God is concerned or God can only help you in your spiritual walk. God wants to help you in every aspect of your life. Amen. Get him involved, even in your finances. Get him involved in your family. Get him involved in your relationship. Get him involved because he said, I want you to prosper. Not just your soul, but every part of your being. I want to prosper it. Amen. The Holy Spirit changes our wants. When I became a Christian, I want to be with the non-Christian. I want to hang around with people who swear. I want to hang around with people who drink. I want to hang around with people who love to dance. Yes, I used to dance. And then when I became born again, the Holy Spirit changes my want. My wants become His wants. Then I started to come to church. I started to look for uh, youth groups. I started to look for work, or I, the way that I can serve God. And I, he, he brought me to young people's group like this. right? And then I started to want to go to a Bible college. So the Holy Spirit changed my want. And when the Holy Spirit come into your life, you don't want to be immoral. You don't want to sin. You don't want to hurt people. You don't want to do the wrong thing because the Holy Spirit will tell you, hey, that's wrong. Hey, that's wrong to hurt people. Hey, that's wrong to unforgive people. Hey, that's wrong to hold grudges against people. Hey, that's wrong to think bad about people. Hey, that's wrong to hurt people. The Holy Spirit changes your wants and your desires. Amen. Yeah, can you yeah, agree with that? You, you, you know, you, you know yourselves. Otherwise, you cannot give a testimony of God changed me. People will say, yeah, I don't believe your God. Well, I believe him because he changed me. He changed my life, right? I didn't just become a Christian and go to church. He changed my life. Amen. So the Holy Spirit. And the second thing we can learn from that story of the woman at the well is that without God, our relationship is set up for failure. We will never make it. So guys, you might be Christian and you say, I, I have God. I have God in my life. But have you included God in your relationships? Have you allowed the Holy Spirit direct you in your relationships? Reason why relationships are not working in our lives. Reasons, reason why we're not having good relationships with people, with husband, wives, uh, uh, siblings, family, is because you don't have God. You're always expecting people to to, to meet your needs. And like I said, God will, people will never meet your need, your deepest needs. He, they might meet some of your needs, but not the four greatest needs of men in security, um, acceptance, identity, and purpose. Amen. So without God, our relationship is set up for failure. We will never make it. And it's, the, it's, it's called the principle of transference. If I don't trust Jesus to meet my deepest needs, then I automatically transfer 
the expectation of those needs to the people around me. And that's why this woman keeps looking for a man that will satisfy her. And because she's looking for men, not God, she keeps looking and looking. And what happens? She gets frustrated. So when you try to make a person God in your life, and I see this, where people make people God. What they say is the rule, right? I'm not telling kids to disrespect their parents. I'm not telling husband and wife to not love their husband or wife. But if they're telling you to do something opposite to what God says, you don't listen to them. You listen to God because they are not your God. Quiet in the house. Am I right? You don't disrespect parents, but if they're telling you something that is opposite to what God says, then you don't listen to them. You listen to what God says. And you pray. And you have faith that, Lord, one day you open the eyes of my parents, that they will see what they said to me is wrong, and they will agree with what you said. Amen. You don't possibly, oh, I'm persecuted, I'm persecuted, I'm persecuted. Pray. Amen. When you try to make a person God in your life to meet your deep, deepest need, you put that person in a very difficult situation. You can end up frustrated, angry, and bitter. Because he never met my need. He never said, I love you. He never, he never compliment me. He never said, I'm happy with you. Why? Because you're looking at your husband to complete you. You're not looking at God to complete you. Amen. You develop a codependent relationship and unhealthy relationship with people. You develop an eco-dependent relationship. And you've seen this with, with people that when they lose someone in their life, they're like, they just going to die because they cannot, they cannot live. Have you heard that? I cannot live without them. Remember, people can only meet your needs secondarily. Amen. Okay, let me just look. Here is a healthy saying. Life is wonderful with you, and I hope you're always around but it's possible without you. But here is an unhealthy saying, I can't live without you. That's unhealthy. I can live without you because my dependency is on God. Amen? My security is God. I am accepted by the Lord. I am identified with Christ. Amen? There is only one person I cannot live with, without, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And no matter how good Larry is as a husband, and it's been a very big blessing to me, and people, right? I want to thank you, all this team that has been coming here every uh, Sunday, early morning, Sunday, cleaning up all these chairs. You know, you know, your, you know you, yourself. You come here early morning on Sundays clean. Do you know that you sit on chairs that are disinfected? They're clean. So don't need to fear. Because people come here, 8.45, to clean these chairs, to clean this hole, to make sure you are safe, right? And I thank these guys, this team. They are a small team, but they are dedicated, committed. But, but no matter what they do, they cannot meet my deepest needs. Because my deepest need can only be met by my God. Amen. And Jesus... Hallelujah. I'm cutting off this. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, let's three uh, we're still on chapter 4 of John, yeah. 
the woman then left her. So she was speaking, uh, okay, because he, she realized, I don't need to come here every day to, 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 um, take, to take water from the well. If you can give me this water, then I would be happy. Yeah, that's, that's the conversation. And she's not understanding yet that this is, he, Jesus is talking about spiritual water. Right? He said there in verse 13, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Verse 14, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Amen. Will never thirst. Water. The word of God is water. The Holy Spirit is water. What happens when you drink water? Refreshes you. What happens when you don't drink water? You're dry. You starve. You're thirsty. Right? What happened when you don't drink water? No life. Right? You will dry out. So Jesus is saying, whoever drinks this water I will give them will never thirst. But the water that I will give, I will give them will become on him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So the woman said, sir, give me that water. So that it will stop me from going from my place to here to, dr- to, to dwell on uh, to, to, you know, take water from this well. I'm, I'm so tired of doing this. So she's saying, I'm tired of my life. I'm tired of looking at people, men, to satisfy me. I'm, tra- I'm tired, Jesus. Just give me this water. So the woman, at verse 28, Jesus told her, the woman then left her water. The woman then left her water pot went her way into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Praise God. Did you see that story? She was, ho- she was bringing her water pot. She has to fill that water pot with water. And don't think that, water, what, that where she come from, her house to the well, is a, a, just a short distance. It's a long distance. They have to travel by foot. They have, she has to carry the jar. Imagine that, right? The jar to fill the water up. And this water pot, she left it when she heard what Jesus Christ said. Right? That water pot, it's amazing how this woman left this water pot the moment that she hear what Jesus said to her. Because that water pot means survival to her. But that water pot, that was a survival to her, becomes insignificant after she spoke to Jesus. Isn't that what happened to us? The moment Jesus Christ met us, everything else becomes insignificant because Jesus is the only one. He is the only one that can meet our deepest needs. This woman who is so attached with that water pot, this woman who always carried that water pot, this woman who is a symbol, that water pot is a symbol that if I don't bring this back with water, I will dry, I will cry, I will, I will be the most miserable person. This woman left that pot. And left and, and, and went to the, to, the, to the village and told everyone, Hey, come here. I will, I'd like you to meet this, this man who spoke to me that I will never have to go to the well, to, the well to, to, to drink water or to take water because he's going to give us this living water. Everything else become insignificant the moment Jesus Christ ministered to her. So Jesus 
you know the story. He came, she, she went to the village. She told the men, the people there, and you know what they said. Now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him and know that this is indeed the Christ. They all came to listen to Jesus. They all came to hear what did Jesus say to this woman who was so broken, this woman who was walking like this, this woman who has no confidence at all, this woman who is so broken that he can, she cannot even mix with other people. What happened to her? Suddenly, just for a moment, she came changed. She went to us proclaiming, declaring she was so full of life. She was so full of joy. And, and, and they, were, they were surprised. They are not, they cannot think what happened to her. So they went to see Jesus. And Jesus, in just one conversation, took this broken down woman and turned her into a world changer. Amen. And this is God is able to do to you and to me. That if you are able, if you are willing to give her, to give God everything that is stopping you, everything, your hurts, your wounds, everything, everything, your past, everything, the people, what people did to you, what people, the people that hurt you, if you are able to be open and honest to God and give it to him, God has a word for you. He can turn you into a world changer. Amen. And he will do it for us. If he's done to it, that to a woman, he can do it for us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Are you ready to receive that? Amen. Amen. So I'd like to, is there a person in your life, maybe today or maybe in the past, or maybe people that are trying to get your needs met from in a wrong way? Are there people in your life now, uh, like everyone, can I ask our musician, please? I like everyone now to close your eyes. Just think, is there any people in your life today or maybe in the past or maybe people that you're, that you're trying to get your needs met? From in a, like you look at them as God. You become too dependent upon them. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and let God minister to you this time. Hallelujah. Just look at that woman. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's a true story. That's not a parable. It's a true story. It happened. Okay, that woman that was lost, woman that was broken, woman that has been, um, uh, he, she's a loser. She's been married for five times. And she became too dependent upon men that she lost her own identity. She lost her own self-confidence because people are take abuse and took it from her. Must remember, people are wonderful, but they are not God, and they cannot be God. And even the best person that has their good interests on you, they are not God. And unless we trust in God, we will always be frustrated, and we will never be, we will never go to have that kind of relationship that God wants us to have. So, are there people in your life that you have a wrong dependence upon? Ask yourself, ask, you, ask yourself, think, and make a decision to make Jesus as your source. Another question I want to ask is, what is your relationship with Jesus Christ now? Many of us are Christian, but somewhere along the line, in this dry and thirsty world that we live in, we have lost sight of the well. The well. The well that gives us everlasting, overflowing life 
And today we were just simply reminded that God, Jesus Christ, is all we need. He offers us the well of living water that will never dry out. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Are you blessed with that word? That message? Yeah? God wants to be involved in every part of your life and become dependent on Him rather than becoming dependent on people. Amen. So if you need prayer, I want to pray for you. But we just, yeah. You have a song? Okay. Let's just minister in song. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. If you have other, if you have prayers, uh, prayer needs, or you want to be prayed for, please come to the front, and I will pray for you. We will pray for you. The leaders will pray for you. Just come to the front. If you have any other prayer needs, please come. Let's give this time to minister to you, Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And he told about her sin. Praise God. Jesus. And he said, if you drink this water, Thank you. 